Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Run of the Mills podcast. Hey, you know, I thought I would take a few moments today to talk about something um, that unfortunately I've had a great deal of experience um, with, and uh, and that is people messing up their kids. And in particular, we're going to suck. We'll call this how to mess up your Christian kids or Christian parents, how to mess up your children, or maybe we should call it something like, um, how to thoroughly jack up your child for life. Um, yeah, for the Christian. So here we go. This is, um, take this as you will, but this is what I've seen in my, uh, 33 years of, um, working with teens and with children this is something I've seen over and over and over, and it is heartbreaking. And um, and honestly, oftentimes, I've seen it coming. You see the train coming, you know it's going to be a wreck. And it's almost always the same things. So, without further ado, Christian parents, how to thoroughly jack up your child. So, number one, here it is. Are you ready? Take your child to church with you. Yes, that is a great way to mess up your child. Take your child to church with you. Have them sit next to you or with you uh, in the church service rather than going down to some little playtime or uh, Sunday school or whatever else. Um, when they get old enough to understand it, have them upstairs. Not a bad thing. But, hey, no, that'll mess them up. That is a great way to jack up your child. Now, you might say, but Mike... As a pastor, don't you think that we should bring our children to church? Yes. I'm just telling you that as a Christian parent, it's a great way to jack up your child. And this is why. Because your child will sit there next to you and they will hear the exact same things you hear. They'll hear the exact same word of God preached. And then you go home with them and they get to see whether or not you put it into practice. They get to see whether or not you just heard God's word preached and you act upon it or if you don't. See, you get to go home and either walk in God's word, walk in holiness, walk in obedience, or you harden your heart, you go home, you don't change, you don't do anything about what was said, what was preached, and you teach your child in a very, very visible manner that when it comes to obeying God, it's completely optional. When it comes to doing what God's word said, says it's completely optional. Now, maybe your pastor said something. You're like, I disagree with that. I don't think that that's scriptural and I'm not going to do it. Well, if you heard it, and your kid heard it, you probably ought to talk to them about it. Because otherwise, they're going to look at you and go, hey, our pastor said that you're, we're supposed to do this, and we're not doing it. At which time you could say, yes, and I believe our pastor's mistake. And I think that if we look at God's word, we can uh, come to a different conclusion. And maybe this week we'll talk to the pastor and see if he can clarify the situation. But that's few and far between. Generally, it's things like, you know, it's general Christian obedience, obedience to Christ, obedience to the word of God, submission to God's word. God's word says it, therefore I do it kind of stuff. 
And when you hear it and you don't live it out, well, you just told your kid, yeah, you know what? Following God's word, not so important. And you know what? It's a great way to jack up your child, teaching them that God's word is not so important. You know, one of the things that I see uh, oftentimes, more even, this is one of those things I've seen plenty of times. And while I think the number one thing that parents do to jack up their children is taking them to church with them, and as I said before, then going home and not putting into practice the things that they heard. Uh, but secondly is this, parents pursuing their own happiness. You see, in America, we have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That doesn't mean that our primary goal in life should be our pursuit of happiness. See, because Jesus said, if anyone should come after me, let him take up his cross daily and follow me. You know, following Jesus is dying to yourself. It is laying down your own life. It is not living for your own happiness. So when you're like, you know what, I'm not happy in my current uh, marriage situation, I think I'll go someplace else where I'm happy. This guy doesn't make me happy, or that girl doesn't make me happy, but this one at work makes me happy. You know what? My kids will be better off if I'm happy. No, wrong, sorry, ah wrong answer. Your kids will be more happy if you're holy. You see, your happiness is not primary. You know, happiness is completely a secondary kind of thing. Your primary job is obedience. It's not making yourself happy. In fact, making yourself happy generally makes other people miserable. Now, the amazing thing is sometimes it actually makes you happier. And I've seen this happen plenty of times with plenty of my youth group kids' parents over the years. And maybe you're one of those parents listening right now, in which case, uh, yeah, um, who have gone on and told me later, you know what? I'm just so happy right now. Well, of course you're happy. The irritant has been removed from your life. You have taken yourself away from a difficult situation. The problem was, is that the difficult situation was the very foundation of your child's understanding of family. It's their basis of security in their life. Until they are strong in their walk with the Lord, they're looking to their family for their security. And when that falls apart, when that crumbles, so does their life. In fact, I remember years ago, a friend of mine, um, was uh, going through classes to become a foster parent. And one of the things that they learned in that class was when you deal with children who are the product of divorce, that the people, their emotional development, oftentimes, maybe even the majority of times, if I remember correctly, stops when their parents split up. So the, those kids whose parents split up when they're three or four years old, oftentimes they still have this strange thing where they revert to this, this emotionalism of, a, you know, a three or four year old. Um, their emotional development is, is dwarfed or, no, not dwarfed, that's a bad word. Forgive me for that. Uh, stu stunted. And, um, and so there it is. It's the thing where it's, I'm going to be happy. My husband wants to be happy. If we're both happy, the kids will be happy, but they're not. They're not going to be happy. Well, it'll be so much better if they're not in the home where we're fighting. Then deal with the fighting thing. Come to grips with that one. Your kids are more valuable than your happiness. If you have gotten to some point where you have thought, hey, you know what? My happiness is more important 
than my children, you need to reevaluate what it means to be a parent. Now, some of you are might be listening to this and you're like, well, I'm not a Christian. Well, this isn't holy for you because um, it's for those people who are raising young people to become godly people. Right? So as a parent, your job is you're raising future parents. As a husband and a wife, your job is you're raising future husbands and wives. And as Christian parents, your job is you are raising people to be Christians. And so here's another way, parents, to jack up your children. And that is this. Be someone different at home than you are at church. Yes, a great way to jack up your child is to be, oh, what's the word? Um, Someone who pretends to be something that they're not. What's the word for that? Oh, yeah, a hypocrite, a mask wearer, um, as the, the Greek term hypocrite comes from that, one who wears a mask. Put on a show at church. Put on a show that everything's fine. Put on your smiling face that you are a great family. You're so wonderful. And all that. And then go home and scream at your wife and yell at your kids and be a jerk. And, um, yeah, and you'll jack up your kids. And you'll jack them up in a major way because they're going to equate you to Christianity. You are going to be their reason for not wanting any part of the God who will save them. You are doing your part in sending them down a road to, uh, yeah, hell. So, yeah, get your act together. See, because that's how it works. When you're a Christian, it starts with you. You go first. If you're waiting for your husband or your wife to get their act together, stop waiting. Get your act together. Get your walk with the Lord right. Repent repent. That's turning back to him. That's when you turn to him and you say, oh my God, forgive me because I put my own happiness and my own pleasure and my own leisure ahead of that of my children. I have lived a life contrary to your word while claiming to live and follow you. While holding up the title of Christian, I've done things that are the opposite of that. In the presence and in the view of my children, I have been a horrible example to them. And Heaven forbid, Lord, that they walk away from you because of me. And then step two is you apologize to your kids. You apologize to them for being the bad example. See, because part of the Christian life is not being the perfect parent, but it's being a humble parent. It's being the person who can say to their child when they've yelled at them, when you've lost your cool, when you've said something you shouldn't have said, when you've gossiped, when you have been overly critical, when you have um, provoked them to wrath, when you have uh, frustrated them to be able to say, hey, you know what, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I've, I've fallen short. Forgive me of that. Forgive me. Your, your, your mom, your dad, we, I've, I've not been the example of what a Christian should be. And please, please don't ever walk away from Jesus because I misrepresented him. And how else can we jack up our children? Oh, here's one. Mm, Don't make God's word part of their life. Yeah, if you want to jack up your child, keep God's word away from them. You know, you can teach them all kinds of Bible stories by taking them to Sunday school. Uh, but you know what? God's word needs to be a part of their uh, daily life. So, you know what? It should be part of your daily life. And if you're one of those Christian parents who doesn't spend time reading God's word, you need to take one of your hands. Um, 
it doesn't matter which one, right or left, and then run your face as fast as you possibly can into it. Because a Christian who doesn't read the Bible, okay, it, it makes no sense, right? You're the person who says, I believe that this is God's word. It was written for me, for everything I need to know, for life and godliness. It's God's wisdom for me that I might live skillfully, that I might know what he wants for me, what he desires for me to do. It's a love letter from him to me, uh, but I'm not going to read it. <laughs> it's the very words of God to me. Yeah, but I, uh, I, don't have to, I don't have time. I'm busy. Okay, shut up. You do have time. You're not too busy. You've just prioritized things that are not as important over it. And those people say, well, I'm not much of a reader. So what? Here's the great thing about God's word. You don't have to be much of a reader. You can read one verse and read it slowly. If you're like, well, I, I, have, I have a reading disability. That's hard for me to read. Good. It'll slow you down. Some of us read too fast and we zoom past things and we miss them. You can get the Bible on audio. You can you could probably ask your phone and say, like, hey, whatever your phone's name is, read to me this verse. And I bet it will. And, and but people say these ridiculous things, oh, I'm not much of a reader. So what? When you get pulled over for running a stop sign, do you tell the police officer, Well, yeah, I saw that red octagon, but I'm not much of a reader. No, that's 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 stupid. That's stupid. Those people say, well, I try to read my Bible. No, you don't. You, no, you don't. And many of you that know me, you've heard me say this before. If you say, I try to read my Bible and you don't read it, that's like saying, I try to put on clothes, but I keep showing up to church naked. No, you don't show up to church naked because you decided probably somewhere around the time you were four or five years old that you should wear clothes. Or maybe somebody decided for you. But at some point in your life, you said, hey, I don't go outside naked. I just don't do that. And if you do go outside naked, stop. Um, yeah, you don't need to do that. But we don't say, oh, I tried. I tried to wear clothes. I tried. I tried to take a shower. No, you do those things. I tried to brush my teeth, but I just couldn't. No, you you decide at some point in your life that smelling good or having good breath and wearing clothes is something that you do. And you just do it. Because here's the thing, Christians. We need to decide who we are and what we're going to do. We can say, you can say that. You can say, I'm a Christian, so this is what I do. I pray. I read my Bible. I go to church. I, I give. These are things I do because I decided a long time ago I do them. And there's things I don't do. I don't look at pornography. I don't cheat on my wife or my husband I, because I don't do those things. Now, some people are like, well, I was tempted. Well, here's the great thing. When you've already decided, like, no, I don't do that. I don't do that. The temptation is very different. The temptation is more like, where did that thought come from? And you say, oh, Lord, forgive me for, you know, for that thought popping in my head, whatever, you know, because even then we think stuff we shouldn't think. And then we should go like, ah, oh, Lord, forgive me. And we remind ourselves of who God is and his promises for us and the decisions we've made. And we go back to walking the way we were walking. But far too many, far too many Christians today, they just kind of make every single decision in their life on at that moment. Like, oh, am I going to do this or am I not going to do this? Oh. Rather than deciding once for all, no, you know what? I don't do that. I don't masturbate. I don't do that. 
you can decide these things ahead of time. And then when temptation comes, you go, hey, hey, I'm tempted to do something. But you know what? I don't do that because I'm a Christian person. And by the power of the Holy Spirit of God, which raised Jesus from the dead that dwells within me, I don't have to do that stuff. I don't have to. Now, if you're not spending time in God's word, you're not abiding in his word. When I talk about abiding in his word, like saying, hey, God's word dwells within me. I'm going to read it. I'm going to study it. I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to base my life on it. If it says that I'm going to do it and you start walking that way, oh, there's power in that. There's power in that. God becomes real to you when you submit yourself to God's word and you say, if he says it, I'm doing it. And what's the other option? The other option is, well, being mediocre, going through the, going through the, jumping through the hoops, you know, or, you know, picking up the Bible on Sunday or whatever and, you know, trying to be a good person. And then and, you've got jacked up kids and you wonder why when they go to choir, they, why are my kids walking away from the faith? I just have to stand on, raise my child the way they'll go and they won't depart from it. Yeah, but how did you raise up your child? Uh, maybe think back, you know, take them to Sunday school. That's not raising up a child. That's dropping them off and asking someone else to raise them up for an hour on Sunday morning, if it's even an hour. So anyway, I love you. I care about you. I don't want your kids jacked up. I'm so sick of watching kids that I loved and that I that I invested my life into, that I know that I saw such purpose and such promise in walking away from the Lord because because of the train wreck of parents who claim to be Christians and yet walked in such a deliberate deliberately different path. Not denying the faith, not saying, no, I'm no longer a Christian, but just doing what they wanted to do, making themselves happy, pursuing their own thing, not living for Jesus, not laying down their life like he laid down his life for them, not taking up their cross daily. No wonder the kids walk away. Don't jack up your kids, people. Please, for the love of Pete. I don't even know who Pete is, but love him for the, for the love of God, all that's holy. Please, if you put on the label Christian, man, recognize this. When you say, I'm a Christian, you're saying, I am a follower of Jesus. And when you play follow the, the leader, you do what the leader does. In Corinthians, it says that we are ambassadors. We are his ambassadors. We're Jesus' representatives to the world. In one of Paul's letters, forgive me, I can't remember off the top of my head, but here it is. This is what Paul said. He said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Now, most of us, we don't want to say that because we're afraid we're going to mess up. But here's the thing. Anytime you say to someone, including, of course, your children, I'm a Christian, you're saying to them, imitate me as I imitate Christ. I am a follower of Jesus. So when we mess up, we go like, hey, that thing I just did, that thing I just said, that was a bad example. I'm sorry, forgive me, don't do that. Because see, that's a good example. A good example is admitting when you're a bad example. Oh, um, there's a shocker. You don't have to be perfect. You just need to admit it when you're not. When you mess up, just say, I mess up. 
you know, it's okay for your kids to know that you're like, hey, I'm doing my best here. But a lot of times I'm just praying and trusting that God's going to lead me the right direction with you guys. So if you say to your kids, if you say to your coworkers, I'm a Christian, understand you're saying to them, hey, look at me. Look at me. That's a scary thing, huh? That might scare the pants off. You might say, well, I'm not going to tell anybody that. But here's the great thing. When you tell them and you know, like, hey, people are watching me. People are looking at me. My kids are watching me. The way I live my life is important. It matters. Oh, it's different. It's different. You recognize like, hey, my life makes a difference. My life makes an impact. Because as the wonderful Miss June Harding used to say, you're going to be an example, either a good one or a bad one. So parents, be deliberate, be intentional. If you've never, if you've never thought about the intentionality of parenting as a Christian, well, it's time to. It's time to be intentional. Don't be a fly by the seat of your pants kind of Christian. Be intentional. Be deliberate with with your, have a plan with your kids. Write down, this is the kind of parent I want to be. These are my desires for my kids. This is what I want my kids to know. I want my kids to know this, that the most important thing to me is that they love Jesus, that they know him and that they make him known. Not that sports, not that academics, not that they're, you know, their college education, not that they're a musical ability or talent, none of that. I don't want my kids to ever think that that's the most important thing to me. I want them to know this, that Jesus is the most important thing, that their walk with him matters to me more than anything else. Other things have importance, yes, Why do we do all those other things? Why do I want my kids to succeed in school? Why do I want my kids to do their best at sports? Well, it's because they love Jesus. It's because they follow him. I want that. That's what I want. I want them to love him and follow him. And I want them to do what they do because they love him. And how, oh, how in the world are they going to do that? Well, I'm going to be praying for them and I'm going to do my best to let them see that in me every day. And when I fail and when I mess it up, to let them know like, hey, that wasn't how you do it. Hey, girls, that that wasn't how you do it. So you got a choice, you know? What are you going to do? You're going to jack up your kids or are you going to do something awesome? Are you going to invest in them? Are you going to point them to Jesus every day? Are you going to be so careful about your own walk because you realize that there are little eyes and there are other big eyes and they're watching you. And if that's a big, heavy burden to carry, well, praise God that you've got a burden to carry, that you've got a cross to bear daily. Because you will pursue holiness and God's going to do a work in your life and he's going to transform you and he's going to transform those around you because a person who is transformed by Jesus living for him impacts the world around them for his glory. And you get to see him working. So what's it going to be? What's it going to be? You got a choice now. Because if you listen this far, I'll tell you this. I'm going to finish with this point. 
you could sign off of this podcast and go like, huh, something to think about. And just go on with your life. See, because you cannot listen to this and leave unchanged. You've got a choice. You've got a choice. You can either say, hey, I think that's consistent with what God's word says. I think that that's on the ball. I think Mike's on the money. And in which case, then you can either harden your heart toward what God's laying upon your heart, or you can act upon it. So you can't leave unchanged. I mean, you may say, well, Mike, I think you're full of it. I think you're, that's all baloney. I think that, you know, parents can do whatever they want. It's not going to affect their children. And to the people that say that, I think you're an idiot. Um, but only because I love you would I tell you that. Because anybody that thinks that their life doesn't impact their children um, has really no business being a parent. Um, and you do that thing where you run into your hand at high speeds again and slap yourself silly. So what's it going to be? Are you going to attempt to listen to this and go on with your life unchanged? Because you can't. You're either going to harden your heart towards what God's trying to speak to you. Because I believe God's trying to speak to you. Because God's speaking to me about this stuff. And God's word speaks to us. And I think plenty of this is straight out of scripture. Um, and so, are you going to harden your heart? Or are you going to act? Yeah, that's pretty much our two choices generally when it comes to uh, the proclamation of God's word. Is Are you going to harden your heart or are you going to act? I highly, highly recommend action. I almost said acting, but I don't want you to be an actor. I want you to just be a person of action. God bless you.